0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, as we start a two-week series talking about really being rich. How good does that sound? To be really rich. We want to talk about that today and kind of define that a little bit better. Um, As you're turning to 1 Timothy chapter 6, how many of you had a good Valentine's? Oh, boy, <laughs> we, we are going to start a second marriage class starting next week. Just so you know, um, I'm glad that you guys did. I, I, I did as well. Uh, Nikki Walsh and Tanner Broadwell did not. Has have anybody heard their names this week? Nikki Walsh and Tanner Broadwell. So this couple, bless their hearts, um, they are in their mid-20s and they live in Colorado. And they decided that they are kind of tired of working. (laughs) Can you relate with that? Okay. So their dream, their goal, what they decided to do is they sold every single possession that they had. Quit their jobs and bought a 28-foot boat in Alabama. So they go down to Alabama and they spend the first couple of months. The boat is in the dock and they're stocking it up. They're storing it. And their goal is to just go travel. Right. Just that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Right. We're just going to go travel. Problem is this. They're from Colorado. They don't know much about boats. They didn't even make it out to the ocean. (laughs) Within 100 yards of the dock, they capsized it on a sandbar. And lost everything. Could you imagine? They have a GoFundMe account if you really feel bad. If you want they honestly do. Um, It reminded me of something, though, that's just the truth in life. I mean, you know, you can have it all one day. It can all be gone the next day. What you think you have one day may be gone the next day. And so the importance in knowing that is the way we respond to that. How do we respond to the reality that our stuff really may not be around for all that long, that our stuff is not really even our stuff, but our stuff is his stuff. And when it's his stuff, it causes us to look at life a little bit differently. It causes us to live with a hand that is wide open, a wide open hand. Saying, Lord, I am nothing more than a steward of everything that you have given me. What we're talking about today may be about money, but really it's not about money. It's about lordship. It's about who is the priority in our life. Uh, If you haven't turned there yet, go ahead and make your way to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, But as you're there, listen to what Jesus said about possessions. He said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. He said, store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Isn't that true? That the desires of your heart, what we focus on, what we put all of the importance to, that really becomes the thing that we worship. And Jesus is telling us, hey, the stuff that you have today could be gone tomorrow. Don't store up stuff here today. Store up things that are eternal. Be rich in me. Now, let's make something very, very clear. Are possessions or wealth evil? Are they wrong? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. When we have the right perception and the right perspective of what wealth is and where it comes from. You see, money, possessions, and wealth can be either a blessing or a curse. It all depends on how you view them and how you use them. You know, Pastor Farrell has always been just so, so... Um, just just passionate about making sure that we have a good perspective of finances and and that's why when we start the uh, beginning of the year we always offer a financial peace class financial peace university it's called in fact March 11th we're going to be beginning those classes again so I encourage you you can go online even now and register and sign up for these financial peace classes it's just something that is so important for all of us to go through because again it reminds us about our response responsibilities as stewards you know jesus spoke a lot about money listen to some of these statistics that 16 of 38 parables the stories that he told in the bible of those 16 were about our possessions and about our finances isn't that amazing he said in the gospels one out of every 10 verses has to deal with possessions one out of every 10 The Bible talks about 500 times on prayer, less than 500 times on faith, but 2,000 times about our possessions. You know why? Because our possessions really can consume us, can't they? Our possessions and 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 the pursuit of possessions can cause us to forget everything that we've been truly created to be. And that is a kingdom ambassador. That is, in a love relationship with Jesus. Listen to what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. It says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. There, there it is again. One, here one day, gone the next. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. To be rich in what? in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. For this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming of age. So it's for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Listen, riches is one of those good news, bad news type of deals. How many of you guys have ever experienced a good news, bad news scenario in your life? Like, The wife who comes to her husband and says, you know, good news, the the airbags and the automobile work, you know. There's a bad news with it, right? And the bad news is? Yeah, Yeah. So with finances, there's also a good news, bad news proposition. So how about we start with the good news? Okay. Good news is this. Number one, you're rich. Congratulations. The good news is this. You are rich. Ecclesiastes chapter five verse nineteen says: "Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, this is a gift." Now, let me ask you something: How many of you in here got stuff? You some you lying? I'm going to go to your house and find your stuff. Okay, yes. Yeah, so listen, we have stuff, and God has given us that stuff. It's for a gift. It's a gift from God. You are rich in the love and in the blessings and the faithfulness of God. You are rich. And let me tell you something about this perspective in our nation. I found this out this week. This is crazy. The lowest um, wage earners in the United States, the lowest five percent, still makes more than sixty eight percent of the rest of the world. Ain't that nuts? Listen, we are rich. We just don't get it sometimes, do we? We don't understand it, because we see other people, and we compare to other people. But God's not called us to do that. He called us to be thankful for what He has bestowed upon us. Deuteronomy 8:18 8, says, "But remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms His covenant. So, uh, listen. I know it's easy to start to kind of think sometimes in life, look what I did. Look what I saved up. Look what I, listen, it's God that has given you the ability to do that. Worship him even harder. Worship him even more. And and sometimes when we get stuff, it causes us to stop worshiping him as hard as we should be because we're so consumed with our stuff. Because we're so consumed with it. Rich, we need to know, is also a moving target. No matter how much money we have or make, we will probably never consider ourselves rich enough. It's a moving target. Why? Because it's a comparison issue. In a a study by Fidelity Investments, they spoke to a bunch of millionaires in America. You're going to blow your mind on this one. Four out of ten millionaires said that they were not rich. How many of you would love to test that theory just today? Four out of ten said that they were not rich. That you had to have at least seven million dollars before you were really rich. Brother, hook me up. I'm good. I'm good. It's it's amazing. But, but, But richness is a moving target. For example, okay, so... I like to try to be rich towards my wife sometimes, okay? Uh, my wife is a dark chocolate eater. How many of you are dark chocolate eater? Give me the milk stuff. I don't do that dark chocolate stuff, I'll tell you what. So, but, but, my, but I can go to, How, to uh, Harris Teeter, and they got this dark chocolate Hershey's bar that's 79 cents, and I'll come home and I'll give it to my wife. She's like, oh. And it's good, 79 cents. But sometimes... I want, I, want to, I want to be the big man. I want to be the man, right? So you know where I'll go? Whole Foods. Go to Whole Foods. Man, they got a dark chocolate bar that's got almonds in it and sea salt. It's $3.79, but when I come home, I'm the big man of the house. <laughs> My wife, I mean, she's just—you're the best ever—and and I'm all, yeah. Here's 379, woman. Look at that on a candy bar, and, and 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 so I thought I was big time in it until I read this week that somewhere out there there is a $2,600 chocolate truffle that you can buy. $2,600. I ain't that man. I am not. And I don't want to be that man. I am never going to be 379, baby. That's what you got. So can you imagine? What is even $2,600 taste? I better sing in my mouth. Like you, I better lose weight eating these truffles. It better do all of that. $2,600. That's crazy. But it's a moving target, right? So where I'm thinking 379 is pretty good, that person out there is buying $2,600 worth. They're like, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> right? But as ridiculous as that is, but think about it in your life. Like in your school, kids, you're your teenagers. We they do this all the time, right? You go to school and, and, and you see the other people's clothes and you're like, oh my gosh, they're so rich. Or you see their cars and you're like, oh, I wish I had a car like this. And praise God, you got a car if you got one. And if you ain't got one, praise God, you're able to get to school. So there's always things that we can be praising God for. We do the same thing as adults. How many of you know we're the same as we were when we were teenagers. Right? We can do the same thing. We can see we, I had somebody talking about a Louis Vuitton belt that they wanted to get. And so, I got, if you have a Louis Vuitton belt, good for you. I don't care. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that they made this belt so important. Like that was the they had to get this. They had to get this thing. They had to get this thing. Kohls, five ninety nine, right here. My, my pants are still on. See? But hey, what we do though is we. Come, but we will start to do this comparison game. And then listen, if you get the the, the, the Vuitton, what is it, Louis Vuitton? Guess what? There's gonna be something else you want that somebody else has. Why? Because being rich is a moving target. And and, and I love what I love what. Um, let me get in real. Seneca said, "He said it's not the man that has too little, but the man who craves more that is really poor." Isn't that good? It's not the man that has too little. But it's the man who craves and desires and has to have and wants more. That's the person who's really poor. Why? Because they're poor in their relationship with God. You see, if I can be content in all things, like Paul says, with plenty or with little, Paul said that, and I can be content in my relationship, how many of you know I'm always going to be rich? I'm always going to be rich, whether I have or I don't have. Whether I have or I don't have rich is not bad or wrong, but you have to know the why If you don't know the why riches can distract you and they can destroy you If you're going to be good at being rich first admit that you're rich and acknowledge the source is god God He's the source of your wealth Now let's go to the bad news. There's good news bad news, right? The good news was you're rich the bad news you're rich that's the bad news today. The good news is you're rich. The bad news is that you're rich. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verses 24 through 25. Let's get them on the order. Thanks. Jesus said how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. How many of you know that should get our attention? If we're rich, that's the good news. But Jesus is saying it's harder for us to get to heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. I mean, you know, I better I better pay attention to this. This would be something that gets my ears perked up. And man, this was something that could just crush us to the, today. Like because we have stuff, we're not going to be able to go to heaven. The disciples themselves were crushed by this. They, in fact, they told Jesus in verse twenty six, I believe it is. They said, "Well, if that's true, how can anybody go to heaven?" And in verse twenty seven, Jesus said, "With man, there's things that are impossible. But well, with God, all things are possible." You know what he said? "I got this. Grace, grace, grace. That whatever we are lacking, He is our provider." And I'm talking spiritually. We're lacking to be able to enter into heaven on our own works, aren't we? If you don't believe so, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll convince you. Sometime. Just spend some time with me. I guarantee you. Because we are all sinners, right? We're all sinners. And if you don't think you are, just do us a favor because it will be a lot of fun. Just record yourself for a week and we'll show next week. <laughs> How would that be? <laughs> no. No not happening but but listen and so how 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 is it that we can find eternal security knowing that we fall short of the glory of god grace 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 and that's what jesus is saying here yeah hey possessions can cause us to take our eyes off of him and so that's the warning for you and i today you see the problem with abundance is this is number one it's harder for you to depend on god when I have all my needs met and, and life is great, I'm not sick, the kids aren't bugging me, my wife loves $3.79 chocolates when everything's perfect, right? Sometimes I forget I need God because I, I, I'm paying the bills, everything's taken care of. We lose our dependency upon God and the moment we lose our dependency upon God is the moment we're walking in lies. It's the moment that we're setting ourselves up for heartache. Our heart issue becomes a heartache. And our heart issue is that I don't need God because I got all my needs met. And we can fall into that trap if we're not careful. The second thing it does is it distracts us from our true priorities. If we're not careful, the pursuit of wealth, the pursuit of stuff can distract us from our true priorities. What is our true priority? It's this. Don't seek... A raise first. Don't seek a, a new car first. Don't seek anything but the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. Our job, our number one goal that we have to continuously protect in our lives is that we are a passionate people about seeking the kingdom of God first and everything. Can we say that our lives are all about seeking the kingdom? You know man it's really easy to get distracted by stuff, though, isn't it? You've heard me talk about getting distracted by it. How many times have you all heard me that you've been around here at all about me and my great desire for a truck? <laughs> Seek ye first a Toyota tundra with, with a lift, six-inch lift. No, it doesn't say that, right? And so there's this natural desire, and that's OK, but, but, but if that were to consume me, yeah, hello, if that were to be the thing that I think about the most. Then all of a sudden I find myself not seeking the kingdom of God first. Can I ask you something? Where does most of your thoughts go to in the week? If you, were to, if you were to write down most of your thoughts and what you were putting your thoughts on, would that back up this verse to seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness? What are you? See, we're talking about money, but we're not talking about money, are we? Because there are so many things that we can chase after that doesn't have to do with money. And in that chasing, we neglect really what we're called to seek first. The next thing is that we need to understand that we have a greater responsibility. With stuff comes a greater responsibility. It says this, When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. In your notes it says... As those who are rich, our goal should be to be rich in a way that honors God. We want to be rich in good deeds. Listen, next week we're going to talk about how you and I can live a lifestyle of being rich. How many of you are old enough to remember, um, gosh, was it back in the 80s? Robin Leach. (laughs) Lifestyles of the rich and famous. I have no idea what accent just came out of my mouth. It was was not Richard or whatever. But what would he say? It was all about um, champagne dreams and caviar, whatever. Okay. And he he would say, that's the lifestyle of the rich and famous. Listen, next week we're going to talk about the lifestyle, not so famous, but the lifestyle of being rich and how you and I have been called by God to live a rich lifestyle. Can I, I, as we conclude today, can I say this? If you and I would live richly, we'll live fully. And it's not about your possessions, it's not about your money. If you and I would passionately, personally pursue God in worship and in service, listen to me. You'll be the richest person you've ever known in your life. And not only will you be impacted, but the lives of those around you are going to be impacted. God wants you to be rich in Him. He wants you to be reckless for Him. And He wants you to be relentless in your pursuit of Him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for the rich relationship we have in You. God, we don't deserve it, and yet you've given it to us. Lord, we are so abundantly provided for by you. Father, teach us, teach us to seek first your kingdom. Teach us to seek first your righteousness. And Lord, teach us to be content, knowing that, Lord, whatever it is that we have to have, you provide and you provide abundantly. And Lord, I pray for my friends that are in here today that maybe they've fallen into that that, that trap of comparison. And they've been chasing after what they think rich looks like. And and Lord, in that chasing after that, maybe they've been deceived a little bit. Lord, it happens so easily we know that. So God, what I pray is that you would speak to our hearts, shape our minds, that we would walk in truth and not in lies Lord I just pray That we would be a people Who lay down everything In our life at your altar Our hopes, our dreams Our aspirations Lord even our stuff Because Father we want to worship you well All God's people said. For more information On Grace Covenant Church Our service times, ministry opportunities Directions and more Visit us at gracecovenant.org